Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Well, it's a privilege to preach today on this very special day. Um, shout out to our man of God, Pastor Brandon, for graciously allowing me to preach today. Amen, amen, amen. This was a hard one. Amen. I was just like, I ain't no dad. What am I about to say? <laughs> but God is faithful. Amen. So I do have a word for us tonight. Amen. Come with me to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24. Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Tonight, let's talk about a father's discipline. A father's discipline. We have been in an amazing, excuse me, message series called Family Matters. Who's been enjoying the message series? Family Matters, Family Matters. If you don't know, the premise and the title of this message series comes from the famous black TV sitcom, Family Matters. And for all of Generation Z, Y, X, I don't know what letter we're on right now. <laughs> for all of those people who don't know what Family Matters is, if you ever heard of Steve Urkel, that's, that, that's where he's come from. That's the show, Family Matters. And so the premise of this message series, in these past two weeks, we've been diving into addressing the different issues that occur within uh, various family structures and units in order to facilitate healing and, and reconciliation and to strengthen the family unit. In these next couple of weeks, we'll all, we're also going to be talking about addressing the importance of community, not just the biological family, but the spiritual family. Amen? If you're a believer, you just don't have a biological family. You have a spiritual family all across the world, brothers and sisters united in Christ. So we're going to be talking about that in the couple of weeks to come. So Pastor Brandon, the first week, he talked about family matters to God. He talked about the origin of the family, the purpose of the family, and God's intent for the family. And then last Sunday, he talked about why is my family dysfunctional? I think that was a, <laughs> such a funny question because everybody was like, yeah, my family jacked up. My family is dysfunctional. And you're trying to figure out why. And Pastor Brandon put it plainly. It's because of sin. When sin came into the world, the seed of Adam was corrupted. What we're doing is reproducing fallen human beings. We were born and shaped into iniquity. So all families, all we are, are composed of fallen human beings. That's why your family is dysfunctional. That's why they're crazy. That's why they get on your nerves, all right? Because it's just a whole bunch of groups of people made up of individually flawed, sinful human beings. And I went into the word dysfunctional, and that kind of steered me in the direction for this message. Um, when you think about dysfunctional, the meaning is not functioning properly. Okay, so there's an order. There's an established order. And for some reason, because of sin, there's certain things that don't function properly. That's dysfunction. Now, dysfunction looks like a billion different things to a billion different people in various family structures. But dysfunction can be tied to certain things that relate to the head of the family. Lack of authority. Lack of order. Lack of discipline. And this brings us to the father. Now, like I said, ladies, mothers, we love y'all. 
<laughs> we love y'all tremendously. We don't want y'all, we, I don't want you guys to be remiss because a lot of you have, have had to step in. You have had to take on the role of uh, correcting and teaching and disciplining when, there's a, when there wasn't a father there. So this is no shade to you. This is all respect to you. But today, we're going to talk about the dads. Because there's a discipline, there's a correction, there's a teaching that comes from a father that's incredibly important and crucial to a child's upbringing. Join us this Wednesday at 8 p.m. for our new special entitled Family Talk on our YouTube channel or our free mobile app. Be a part of this great conversation about family and how we can strengthen our families. Watch Family Talk this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Transformation starts here. For this message, I drew inspiration from one of my favorite TV dads in the whole entire world of TV sitcoms, and that's James Evans. Now, who knows about Good Times? Good Times is one of my favorite shows. Some of y'all like Good Times. What is that? It came out in 1970, so you may not know what that show is, but I'm an old... Listen... I'm 26, I'm an old soul. These are the shows that I watch. I ain't ashamed, amen? All these shows that's coming on TV and Disney Channel, I don't know what this stuff is, all right? But I watch good times, all right? And so James Evans is my favorite TV dad, mostly because he reminds me so much of my dad. If you don't know, James Evans was the definition of a disciplinarian. He did not play with his kids. With JJ, with Thelma, with Michael, when any one of them got in trouble, he took off that belt, just like my dad would do, and gave them a spanking, all right? James Evans, he came from a military family. He came from, he didn't have the best relationship with his dad. He didn't have the perfect job. He didn't go to school. And so when he had kids, he determined, he said, I'm going to make sure that you guys don't end up like me. I want better for you. And so that's what drove his inspiration to be a disciplinarian. And so one particular episode, Michael invites a school bully over to his house for the weekend. And when the bully, his name is Eddie, when he refuses to study with Michael, James said, what you doing? He said, no, nah, Michael can study by himself. And James was like, oh, no. And he was just like, he started mouthing off to James. And the thing with Eddie was is that he didn't have a living father. His mother came in and out of the house. He had no respect for authority because there was no established authority in his house. And so James took him to the back, took off his belt, and spanked the mess out of him. I mean, there was a scene where it just went to Florida's face and Michael's face and Thelma and JJ's face, and they was all like, ah, because with every pop, 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 they heard it. And so after James finished beating Eddie, Eddie said, no one has ever spanked me before. And then when he was about to leave, Florida told Eddie, she was like, Eddie, you don't have to leave. She said, we discipline our kids because we love them. If we didn't love them, we, didn't, we wouldn't take the time to discipline them. For a lot of people, now I'm not here to tell you how to raise your kids, but I'm going to tell you this. The Bible promotes physical discipline. Not just discipline, but it promotes physical discipline. When I'm talking about spanking, all right, I'm a product of spanking. I'm a proud product, not just with my dad, but with my grandmother, great-grandmothers. And so some of you, you know what spanking is like, okay, whether it was a paddle, a switch from, the, uh, from outside, my dad's favorite, a belt, brooms, that was my grandma's favorite, a broom, hands. Some of us know, all right, so physical spanking, physical discipline, that was a real thing. And so as we gotten older, though, I know my dad, he didn't always discipline like that. At, at some points when I got older, he stopped spanking and he um, implemented harder things, harder punishment, like prohibitions. You're not allowed to go on TV. You're not allowed to go on the Internet. You can't um, play your Game Boy. Sometimes he would give me extra tasks to do around the house. 
as punishment for things that I was supposed to do, what, for things that I was supposed to do and that I didn't. And so this is discipline, correction, reproof, rebuke. This is so important and so integral to the family structure from a father to his children, father to son, father to daughter. And so let's look at the verse. It says, he who withholds his rod hates his son. Let's talk about withholding. Withhold means to restrain or to refrain. Oftentimes when we think of withholding, we think of it in a negative context because we're such a gimme, gimme culture. Gimme this, gimme that, gimme this. So when we're talking about holding something back from you, it's automatically seen as a negative thing. Withholding something can be both positive and negative. You got to look at the object of what's being withheld. And so when we're talking about parent and child relationships, when we're talking about discipline, you have to ask, is what, is what I'm withholding conducive or detrimental to your growth? When we talk about discipline, we have to have the right perspective. Is discipline a good thing? Yes, it is. It don't feel good. Hey, man, who, who, anybody who's ever been disciplined, I don't care if you've been spanked, punished, it does not feel good. But just because it don't feel good doesn't mean that it's not good for you. And Isaiah, the Bible declares that God says it pleased the father to bruise the son. Why do we call it Good Friday? He wasn't feeling good. I mean, he was going through a lot of pain. He was tortured. But something was good happening on that cross that day. He was accomplishing our redemption. He was accomplishing our salvation. So just because it didn't feel good doesn't mean that it wasn't good. So he says, he says, discipline, it's a, it's a good thing. It's beneficial. It's conducive. It hurts. But it's still good for you. Here's why it's good. Show them Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom. So when you see this word rod, it's actually talking about a stick, but it's synonymous with the rod of correction, the rod of discipline. So the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. So discipline gives wisdom. Show them Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline, excuse me, will remove it far from him. The rod of discipline will remove foolishness far from the child. And then the last one, Hebrews 12, 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields what? The peaceful fruit of righteousness. So discipline. It gives wisdom, it removes foolishness far from the child's heart, and it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now, based on those three things, and those aren't even, those aren't even the only three things, but based upon those three things, would you say that discipline is a good thing? Yeah. Yeah. Say it confidently, amen? So discipline is a good thing. Now, here's the connection. Solomon says, he who withholds his rod of discipline hates his son. What's the connection? This word hate, it means to hate. There was no other words in there. It said, it, there was no translation. It said hate, hate means hatred in the Hebrew. So I want you to think about someone you have an intense dislike for. For some of you, that's Donald Trump. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I want you to think about someone you have extreme enmity towards. Think about that person. In your flesh, would you want to help them succeed? Be honest. No. In your flesh, would you want to give them the tools necessary for their growth and maturity? 
Possibly. Now, if you're walking by the spirit, it's possible. In your flesh, you don't have that natural desire to love your enemies and to do for your enemies. You don't have that inherent ability within yourself that comes from the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking to your flesh right now. Think of that person you cannot stand. Would you be willing to help them succeed and grow and mature in your flesh? Probably not. I'm going to just say for myself, no. I got a couple people in my mind. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I wouldn't want to do that. So if discipline gives wisdom to my child, removes foolishness from my child, and yields righteousness in their lives, and I as a parent choose to withhold that from them, then I must hate them. I must hate them because I'm willingly choosing to withhold something that is going to train them in wisdom and righteousness. As a parent, why would I want to withhold a tool that is going to give them wisdom, that is going to train them in righteousness, that's going to remove foolishness from them? If I want to, if I'm willingly choosing to withhold that, I must hate my child. Why would I not want them to walk in wisdom? Why would I, want, why would I not want them to walk in righteousness? Why would I want them to keep on acting a fool? The scripture says, if you willingly withhold that rod of discipline, you must hate your child. Why would you hold back from giving them what they need to be mature, to walk upright, to reverence authority? If you're withholding that, the Bible says, I didn't say this, the Bible says if you withhold that rod of discipline, you must hate your child. Now, a lot of parents would say, well, Dominique, I love my child. I love them. I believe you. But the Bible is saying if you withhold discipline, if you walk around and you allow them to walk uncorrected, not rebuking them, not reproofing them when they need to be. The Bible says you hate them because you refuse to give them what they need to be trained in righteousness and wisdom, to be trained in how to walk upright. He says, he who withholds it, you hate your son. Father, you with, fathers who withhold the rod, you must hate your sons. Fathers who withhold the rod from your daughters, you must hate them. But the second part of the verse says, but he who loves him, what? disciplines him diligently so by withholding the rod of discipline i hate them i demonstrate that i hate them but by giving them what they need to be trained in righteousness to be trained in wisdom to be trained in holiness to be trained how to walk upright i demonstrate my love as a child we didn't understand because when we got spanking well i'm just speaking for myself when my father was spanking me it didn't feel like love Sometimes I was just like, I feel like he really don't like me right now. But now that I've grown older, now that I have a lot more maturity and understanding, the investment my father took to spank me was because he loved me. Because he wanted me to walk in holiness. He wanted me to walk with reverence for authority. He wanted me to walk upright. So that's why with every lash, every spanking, it was a sign of love. Sometimes we look at the cross. And the cross, yes, is the most beautiful picture of God's love, God's love toward us. But just think about that too. Think about how gruesome it was. The bloodiness of it. That was love poured out. We think love is so flowery. You know what I'm saying? Gardens in the, in the, in the gardens and flowers and stuff like that. That's what we think what love is. Don't you know love hurts? Now, let me put that in context. Let me put it in context. I'm talking about discipline. Because there were certain things, there were certain mistakes that I made where my dad had to spank me just a little harder so I could feel the pain of my disobedience. So I could feel the pain of the foolish choices that I made. There's some things I had to feel the pain of it so that I would think twice about doing it again. So that's what I mean. That was, that was love that he poured out on me and my siblings. He loved us, so he disciplined us. 
A lot of times we think, oh, they, my parents love, so they give me, give me, give me, give me. No. Well, that's, that's, sometimes that's appropriate. But if they're not disciplining you, if they're not correcting you, you got to question whether or not that love is being implemented, is being active. And so go to the first point with me. Discipline displays the love of God. It displays the love of God. Like I said, we're not disregarding the mothers who have had to do it on their own. But God, excuse me, our earthly fathers are representative of our heavenly father. The fathers that are in the earthly fathers that God has given us. They are a picture, not a perfect picture, but a representative of our heavenly father. And so Proverbs, show them Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Here's the comparison. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights, he disciplines us because he delights in us. Ain't that crazy that the God of the universe would take time to correct you when you're wrong, to discipline you, to rebuke you when you need to be rebuked? He does that because he takes delight in you. He doesn't always give you what you want because he delights in you. He checks you on your attitude because he delights in you. He checks you with your heart and how you're walking because he delights in you. Just as a father who truly delights in his son corrects him, trains him, teaches him the path to walk. That's the connection. It displays the love of God. And so that's why the father is so integral. Because he's a picture of the heavenly father displaying his love towards us as a father to a child. So discipline, a father's discipline displays the love of God. Number two, discipline instills a reverent fear of authority. This is what we talked about in a couple weeks ago, how in family structures, the lack of order, the lack of respect that a lot of people and a lot of people in our generation have for older authority figures. Because that authority in some homes, it wasn't established. Because a lot of people think that a pandemic or an epidemic in, fa in families is father fatherlessness. Another epidemic is passive fathers. Fathers that are in the home but are not establishing authority. Fathers that are in a home but are not disciplining their child and correcting them. Fathers, you've been given the God-given authority to exercise that right to train and correct your children. So fatherless, fatherlessness and passivity, both are plagues in family structures. In one situation, the child doesn't have the father figure in there to guide him in the right direction. In the other situation, the father is physically present but not giving the child what they need in order to grow and to mature. This is where we learn how to respect authority. Don't you know, don't you know how much God takes seriously the concept of honor? He says, honor your parents, honor your father and your mother, honor. And back in those days, they were slaves. But he says, slaves, honor your masters. So the translation for us, employees, honor your supervisors. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. But, but you ain't my daddy. You ain't my mama. As a believer, God says, honor your supervisors. Even in 1 Peter, it talks about honoring the supervisors who are disrespectful to you, who disregard you. It's not saying that you take anything from anybody, but even in standing up for yourself and presenting yourself, you can still honor someone in a position that you don't like. 
you can still honor them and give them the respect that they, God has commanded you to give. That's what he's commanded believers to do. And with having that discipline in the home, by having an authority figure, I recognize that as I'm submitted to you, if I don't follow your rules, I know the consequences. I'm going to be disciplined. When I submit myself to you, to my boss, to my pastor, to whoever authority figure you are, when I submit myself to you and I fail or I'm disobedient, I know that discipline is coming because I've submitted myself. But that starts in the home, learning submission, a reverent fear of authority. Number three, discipline demonstrates the correlation between disobedience and consequences. And I touched on this, but see, we have to understand there are consequences for our unwise actions. If we didn't have consequences, a lot of us would go around and do whatever we want to do and think we were getting away with it. Discipline teaches us that when we make foolish decisions, when we make unwise decisions, there are consequences. When we did something wrong in our house, I knew a whipping was coming. Like, if I was acting up in school or I did something wrong, I knew a whipping was coming that night. And my dad would ask me, he said, so what happened today? What did you do? And I was saying, and I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. And I explained, I said, yeah, this is what I did. I knew I was wrong. And he disciplined me because he had to teach me that, son, you can't go out and keep doing certain things like this over and over again because there are going to be times where I'm not there with you. And if you make the wrong decision, you make foolish decisions, somebody else is going to be there. And you're going to incur a stricter, more harder pain than I'm giving you. This spanking that I'm giving you is nothing compared to what you might get if you continue to walk down this path. That's, what dis that's why discipline is needed. You need to know that there's pain associated with it. If you don't know if there's no consequences, you're going to keep making the same unwise decisions. You need, I needed to feel that. I don't know about you, but I needed to feel the pain of some unwise, foolish decisions. So I would think twice. So I would think three times, four or five times before I stepped down that path. There's a correlation there. And lastly, receiving discipline is a mark of true sonship. True sonship. Hebrews 12a says, now if you are exempt from correction and without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate children. That's what the word says. And not sons at all. Thank you. So if you are exempt from correction without discipline, then you are illegitimate. So true sonship is not just me taking pictures with you. Oh, this is my spiritual daddy. Look at me, look at us. We get along. We do all these things together. That's why our generation has such a problem with authority. We want to we travel and go and be with all these other people. We want to, quote, unquote, submit. And then when we're corrected, ow. Oh, well, I don't mess with them no more. Mm -mm, I don't go around them no more. Why? Because they corrected you? Because they rebuked you? Because they did what they were supposed to do? Because you willingly submitted yourself under an authority, and when they're exercising their authority, now you have a problem? This is what they're supposed to do. That's true sonship. It's not all about the benefits, although I would consider this a benefit, being corrected. Someone who is invested not just in your success, but making sure that you walk upright, making sure that your character is tested and mature. This is a mark of true sonship. As children of God, if he's not disciplining you, I feel it. I know 
Now, I know spankings from my dad, but have you ever felt the pain of a spanking from God? That joint was, is on another level. <laughs> and it hurts. It hurts. It hurts us in a lot of ways. But when I think about all the times that God has disciplined me, it reminds me I'm a true son. I'm a true son of the king because he takes the time to spank me. He takes the time to correct me when I'm wrong. That is a mark of true sonship is discipline. This is what we need. A lot of people will say that this is what's missing in a lot of homes due to fatherlessness, due to passive fathers, the act of discipline. This is a tool that God has implemented that he's promoted here in the scriptures. I wonder how much dysfunction, let me, let me say this. There are a lot of things that you'll go through as a family, and there are a lot of things that you can't avoid. But if you implement discipline, if you implement correction, diligently, as the word says, I'm telling you, there's some things that won't come on the inside of your house. There are certain things that you as a family can avoid if you instill discipline and correction. Fathers, there are certain things that you'll be able to steer away from. If you implement discipline, you'll be able to give your children the tools that they need to go out into this world. I'm so grateful for my dad because because of his investment, I'm able to walk out into the world when he's not there and respect my authority figures to not walk down certain paths. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I'm grateful for the discipline that has steered me in the right direction, that has steered me in the right direction. What is that verse? Train up a child. And in the way that they should go, this is what you need. Discipline, among other things. But discipline is what you need to train that child. That's what we need. That's what we need in this family. That's how we can root out dysfunction. That's how we can get things back in order. That's how we can get, back thing, get things back in order. Where the father establishes the authority. He establishes the order. He leads his family. It starts up top. He's called, that's what he's called husbands and fathers to do. To set the stage to create the environment, to create the space, to instill that in his children, to raise godly children. And that's what God does to us. The mirror between the earthly father and the heavenly father. This is what is important. And this is why, this is what we need in our families. Amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.